Guys, guys, are you ready for this? Hello, this is Mark Joseph Benner. Welcome to the goddamn podcast. I like when people start things with like, guys, are you ready for this? Can you believe what's about to happen? Makes me feel excited. But I was trying to think, what am I going to talk about on the podcast? The Around Thursday edition of my podcast. Because I don't have set dates, all right? I'm not the, I'm not the Nazis. I'm not organized like that. You know, I'm not some kind of Russian Olympic swim team. Nothing's coordinated. Sometimes it's around Monday is the first one and around Thursday is the second one. Okay. So I was thinking, what do I talk about on the Around Thursday podcast? And I can't believe I forgot to mention it on the Around Monday podcast that I did. I already knew this information, and I've, I've been holding out on you. Nick the Bodybuilder has installed a bidet. You heard me right. Nick the Bodybuilder is now squirting water on his very low-fat, muscly ass. I'm assuming that's what I'm assuming that's what he meant by a bidet. For those of you who are unaware of that, you all know what a bidet is, do you not? So it's it's big, it's big time in Egypt. Uh, my wife can attest to that, as she is Egyptian. She didn't spend any time in Egypt other than a couple of visits, since she was also born there, and uh, which is another reason we don't go to the United States right now. Can you believe that this day and age? We don't go to the United States because my wife's birth certificate says she was in Egypt. Her passport says she was born in Cairo. And for all we know, she's going to get stopped at the border. Anyway, let's not go there. Ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about Nick's bidet. Talk about Nick's soaking wet ass. Shall we? <laughs> I got What happened was Hisham, who is also Egyptian, Long-time listeners of the podcast, they all know Hisham is an Egyptian mountain of a man, and he hangs out at the gym with Nick the bodybuilder, and Steve the great Canadian athlete, and myself, Mark, the world's most average comedian. We all hang out. I tell them about my dusty bones, and my bones are, are falling apart. They give me suggestions as to try to how to try to stop that. Anyway, Hisham, he swears by the bidet. He says you have no, you need a bidet. He said once, once you, once you go with a bidet, and Nick was saying this too. Once you've experienced the bidet, you cannot go back to a regular bathroom experience. And I can believe that. That's one of the reasons I never wanted to go get massages or go to a chiropractor and shit like that because I always thought I don't feel bad now so if I go do these things where like a massage and I start feeling so good then I'll start craving these massages you know it's like if you've never had ice cream before you don't know what you're missing you know as Nick was saying in the gym ignorance truly is bliss in this case he was saying to me you should get a bidet but don't get a bidet because once you leave the comforts of your own home, you can't go get water squirt on your ass, squirted on your ass, too easily. You know, that'll cost you out in the real world. You know, there's probably some people you can pay 
but I imagine it would be costly. So what happened is the, the funniest part of the story is Hisham has been very excited to install the bidet into Nick's toilet. He had to go to a special store here in Toronto. He had to go find where there were people who only speak Arabic, as he says, that understood what he was talking about. Because it's a new type of bidet where it, it shoots water out of the side of the toilet, apparently. And uh, and I know that's a new type because I was saying, because Hisham was like, hey, your wife, does your wife like the bidets? And I said, she does not. And the reason being is she had a horrible experience. She was a child, okay, in this situation. She wasn't a full-grown adult. Let's get that out of the way right now. She was a child, and um, the old-style bidets, apparently, they used to have like just a metal rod sticking straight up out of the center. So it looked like a regular toilet, and there was, except there's a metal rod sticking straight up, a sharp metal rod. So you, you may know where I'm going with this. And, um, of course... That rod would get full of rust and bacteria. All right, let's not get too graphic about the bacteria, what it possibly could be. Chances are it was filthy diarrhea feces. Okay, but it could be other bacteria. So my wife, as a, when she's a small child, I mean, I didn't know her at the time. We weren't married, right? She was like seven years old. You can't marry a seven-year-old, or at least you shouldn't. Even if you can, even if you live in a country where you can, I'm just going to go on record and say you shouldn't. All right, don't do that. So my wife is, I, I think I think in this story she's around seven, and she's visiting her grandmother in Egypt. And uh, I have no idea if the facts of this are correct. I'm sure my wife will yell about it later, saying, well, that was totally wrong. Anywho, she, uh, because she was small, her... Seven-year-old ass was able to, she slipped. And her whole ass was able to fall into the bidet. Of course, leaving on, the only thing to break her fall was a sharp, rusty metal rod full of diarrhea feces. It, it lodged into, I believe, a cheek of her ass. It wasn't as bad as it could have been. You know, you don't need that thing up your anus. I'm sorry about how gross this got. I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't realize when I started this that's how gross this would be. But I'm grossing myself out. I'm sorry about that. But I got to keep going, guys. I like I recorded a podcast yesterday because I was a day late on my Around Monday podcast. So I recorded that on Tuesday. This is now Wednesday. I'm doing back to back podcasts. So, you know. I'm just going to keep going with this because there's only so many things I can think of in one day. All right? So my wife impales herself on the rusty diarrhea stick. And uh, in the ass, in the, in the cheek, the muscle, I'm going to say, of the ass. And uh, still has a scar. She still has a bit of a scar. She had to get, I believe she had to go to the hospital and get like a tetanus shot. Because, yeah, right? I mean... If there's ever a time you need a tetanus shot, it's going to be when you fall on a diarrhea stick. And the thing is, I know Hisham is saying these new ones are much cleaner because it shoots out of the side of your ass. But I don't know about you, Hisham, and I don't know about you, Nick, but I got me a nervous tummy. Okay? I am, 
I'm a comedian. Um, a lot of my life is about performance. Also, I'm on the road. Sometimes I don't eat so well. You know, I have a little bit of the old IBS. Yeah, I'm, and sometimes, I'm not saying all the time. Sometimes things can get a little uh, explosive in the old number two department. And if that's the case, you are painting a ball. Do you know what I mean, guys? Are you with me on this disgusting track time on? You, you, you know, you can't predict where that stuff is going to go. So if that gets on the nozzle of the new bidet, just because it's in the side of the toilet now. So I still think that there can be bacteria. And then if you're squirting that onto your, to your asshole, is that not bad? I don't know. I, I haven't, I'm, I'm not uh, an engineer. I'm not a physicist. And, and I haven't been told the, the specifications. And perhaps somebody with bidet knowledge could enlighten me as to why that that's not the case and that it's a much more cleanly thing than I'm describing. Because I get it. If, if you were able to convince me that I wasn't shooting shit at my own asshole, um, then I can see why you definitely would love a bidet. You know, instead of just rubbing yourself raw with some toilet paper, you know, you get, you get a nice, refreshing, uh, you know, cleanse. I I'm sure it'd be lovely. I bet I bet the the people in Egypt I bet they have way less hemorrhoids, you know? Way less butthole irritation. That would be my guess. Well, for those of the those people who don't fall in to their old style bidets, I I should say. But yeah, Nick is saying now he can't go back. Although he has said the stream is no longer shooting the way it's supposed to. It's shooting off to the side. So uh, Hisham has to go back a fourth time to Nick's place. He's been there three times to install it. And <laughs> Nick told me uh, via text message, because we're 14-year-old girls who text all the time, he told me that uh, what Hisham said is, this will be really good for the women. You can lure the women over. I know, that's a bad Hisham. I'm sorry, Hisham. But you guys don't know what Hisham sounds like, so I'm going to pretend that that's a great impression. As I've said before, that's really more of an impression of, like, Sarah's dad as opposed to Hisham. But I'm, I'm going with it. And so Nick was trying to explain to Hisham, that really isn't a selling point of the bidet. You know, it's, it's not the type of thing. I was like, yeah, it's not the type of thing. It was like, hey, ladies, you want to come over and clean your ass? Huh? Sounds pretty good now to come to my apartment. It, it to me, I, I feel like if if you if you bring up a bidet before you get obviously the woman has not yet come into your apartment. She is uh, she's a a new visitor. You clearly don't know her that well. So if you are telling her about a bidet, this is early on in your relationship, and I am pretty certain. This is not something that you want to tell someone you just met. Hey, why don't you come to my place? I can squirt some water at your ass. It's going to be, it's going to be great. You know, also, also maybe it implies something. Why don't you come to my place and 
clean yourself, you filthy animal. Right? Maybe, maybe that's what the girl is thinking you're saying. What's wrong with me? You don't, what, you don't think I'm hygienic? Can you smell something from where you're standing, buddy? You want me to go to your place so that I can shower my butt. Well, sir, I find that rude. I find it rude and uncalled for. My butt needs no showering. Nick, the bodybuilder. I got to say, though, I'm tempted to go try it out. Again, I won't do it because you really need, you're really going to have to show me some statistics. It Not just describe it to me or, or, or show me the actual bidet. I need to see black and white numbers as to why this is completely and utterly sanitary. And there is no way I am shooting any kind of bacteria or fecal matter directly into my sphincter. Because other than that, I'm really not going to do that. You know? But uh, fun times over at the, at the Hoodwife Fitness. That is the name of the gym that we go to. It's not the real name. It rhymes with it. You listeners of the podcast know. They know what I'm talking about. It's where, uh, and somebody, our enemy, uh, ex-Beardy, as I was calling him, one of the uh, listeners of the podcast, he was saying ex-Beardy sounds kind of like a pirate's name. That sounds kind of cool. Maybe you shouldn't have your enemy sound so cool, and it's true. Uh, So, I don't know. Old alopecia beard? I don't know. I'll think of something. Old bald face. I don't know. So what else was I going to talk about? I was going to talk about my child. Okay? My little baby boy. Little Sam. He is uh, nine months old today. Right on the dot. Nine months old. And uh, we were looking at preschools again today. Because you got to do that. You got to do it early. Um, We're already on the waiting list for two of them because they're already full, you know, for for the 18-month thing. So we've looked at the Montessori that I've talked about, and and now we've looked at a Reggio Emilia preschool or or daycare, I don't know what you'd call it, or infant program. I don't fucking know. And then um, we also looked at one that says it combines both, which means they don't do a fucking any of them. You know, oh, we just, we, we, you know, pick and choose from the best of do you. But the one, that one, the one who says we'd combine both, it's literally across the street. It's a 30-second walk. And that is so appealing. And it's modern. It's it's new. It's got cameras everywhere. Like, there's there's just, you, you can keep an eye on your kid 24-7 with, like, an app. You can look in on your kid playing and seeing what he's doing. And that sounds so appealing. But here's the problem. Uh, it, it stinks in there. And I, coincidentally, I actually had no idea I was going to connect these two things, but, uh, the place smells like shit. And I realize that now this is the shit podcast. It's a podcast where I'm going to talk about nothing but shit, but here we go. Oh, maybe, maybe their problem is they need a bidet. Maybe these little kids, maybe they could use a bidet. And you know what? The location of the daycare is pretty close to Nick's apartment. 
perhaps they could all take a recess break and go wash their little uh, dirtbag asses. I doubt it's the kids. My guess is it's the cleaning products. Like it sort of, it kind of smells like shit, but that type of shit where, you know, your mop, you know, like a, like the mop at a, at a hospital where it kind of just smells bad because it's dirty water. You know, so it really turned us off, as you might imagine. Oh, it's a lovely daycare. So uh, that waft of shit, is that here 24 And we, we have visited this place twice. And on both occasions, we have smelled this, this fog of shit. And um, I don't really want to subject my boy to that. I don't want to subject myself to that. Although I will say he stunk today, my little kid. Um, I was holding him up and I said to Sarah, what the fuck? Does this kid have like garlic breath? Reeked of garlic. She had given him hummus. Goddamn, a friggin' Egyptians. Giving their kids hummus. Apparently he loved it. I was like, of course he loved it. He must have eaten a truckload. He smelled like a fucking onion factory. Jesus. An onion factory that, that crashed into a garlic truck. The other way around would have made more sense. A garlic truck crashing into an onion factory. There you go. So I don't know. This is an all-factory podcast. This is it's a podcast to titillate the senses. So your ears, you get to hear the docet tones of a Irishy, newfie, nasally leprechaun. And you also get to get your nose involved, you know? Thinking about the smells of bidets and garlic breath. But I don't know exactly what to... To choose, you know, I, like the, the Reggio Emilia, it seems like a pretty good, they were like, oh, we foster creativity. And the girl was just talking a mile a minute. She was just like, oh, you know, and well, 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 I was like, well, just what, what do you do? And she said, well, you, a spoon could be a spoon. Sure. But a spoon could also be, you know, something else. It could be anything the kid wants it to be. You know, so we, we encourage creativity and we just, uh, he can eat the spoon could be, I'm like, all right, drop the fucking spoon. Like she just... My 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 sense was she was kind of making it up as she was going along. Like the, all the kids were playing outside and they play outside like five times a day. So to me, it just sounds like that's the teachers are kind of like, oh, fucking let's just take him outside. Just run amok, Jimmy. Go. You know, they, there's no curriculum seemingly. And they're saying, oh, that's the Reggio Emilia philosophy. And I it kind of is. I read up on it a little bit. And they they it, it isn't a. It's a child-led thing, so they're not really. There's not a ton of structure, but I think you need a little bit of structure. You can't just be like, "Okay, I don't know what else to do. Let's take them outside." So I'm, I'm watching the kids play outside. The lady who's telling us about her facility, she's saying, "Oh, we take them outside all the time. We don't necessarily inform the parents, you know, because maybe we'll take them outside a couple times or three times or who knows." And we have a park across the street, so we just. I'm like, really? You just you take the the 18 month old kids across the the city street to a park and I know maybe it's okay. Maybe they're all on a leash and shit, but I don't know. That seems like a little bit, I guess they're supervised. I suppose it's just when we were at the Montessori, they were saying the children should never leave the premises. We make sure that they don't. It's much more safe. If they do, we, we have facilities, we have outdoor play. Yes, but it's in our facility. We're not, we don't 
take the kids out gallivanting on the streets. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, kind of. That seems right to me. So the Reggio Emilia chick, I'm going to call her Thin Lips. It's just, it's for, it's for brevity. It's so that you guys can uh, follow along. And um, as you might have guessed, she has thin lips. All right. I'm not saying she's an unattractive woman. And I'm not saying that matters. Okay? 2017. I am just using a physical feature of hers. You could call me hook nose if you want. My nose is hooked to the, to the right, I believe. I don't, I don't know. I don't look at myself that often. But it's just a lot of, a lot of Irishy people who, like me, you know, their nose kind of hooks off. Like a, like a potato that grew wrong, you know. That's that's kind of what I look like. If you haven't if you haven't seen me in person or Googled me, you know, if you look if you look close, I mean, it's not it's not so. It doesn't look like I'm a boxer who's broken my nose sixteen times, but my nose ain't straight. You know, let's if it was, I'd be a ten out of ten. Okay, but as it stands, I'm a nine point nine, thanks to the hooked nose. But you can, well, my point is, you can call me hook nose. I just, I need to call her thin lips. It was just, it's the only thing that kind of stood out about her to me. So all thin lips. Uh, she is flapping them as best she can, those thin lips. Making shit up, as far as I can tell. Um, because of what I say to her is, ah, yes, so you love to take the kids outside. I see that. I see they're outside right now. Uh, apparently that was like the third or fourth time they'd been outside that day. So I said, so, but you know, we live in Canada and when we bring Sam to daycare, it'll likely be February. Well, I said, what do you do when it's too cold to bring them outside? And she was like, oh, you know, we just, we do things. Sometimes people come by and we do some yoga and we, sometimes we dance. Sometimes we just dance, you know, we spin, we dance. And I'm like, you're fucking making this up. All of it. As as we walk around your facility, you're just yammering. And that's what kind of turned me off. Like, the Reggio Emilia philosophy. For you Reggio Emilia fans out there, I'm not dissing your practice. It is, it's seemingly a very good thing to do for kids. Um, that and the Montessori. It, there's been a lot of studies on those two. And both, uh, children can excel in both. And uh, studies show that children excel in both those programs versus not doing one of those two programs. So it's probably a bit of personal preference, probably a bit of the which one your child responds to that you want to go do. But this Reggio Emilia with the Thin Lip Lady, she she established it last year, okay? Like 2016, maybe not even a full year, and they're still renovating, and they're adding another classroom, and I just get the feeling that they're working out the kinks, you know, they're just kind of like, oh, well, just, yeah, we have children and we try not to make them die and we take them to the park and we go across the street and I try to stop the cars. Whereas the Montessori we went to, there was this British lady. Uh, I'm going to call her British lady. All right. She. She was I think I described her last time. On the podcast, she looks like that British nanny. Yeah, I did. I talked about her. She's, she's got this. She's sturdy, you know. She seems like she could, she could take a punch. Not from a man, okay. 
I don't advocate that. But if a lady came up and punched her, I don't think it would bother her. I think she could take a punch from a man, but I'm saying I don't advocate. I don't advocate anyone punching anyone. All right? Let's say that. But I think that if someone broke the rules of society and tried to lay into her, I'm pretty sure she'd take it and just be like, what else you got? You got something else? Buster? She's sturdy. She seems intelligent. She seems uh, no nonsense, but but pleasant and, and sweet in a way. And she's been running that place for like 25 fucking years. And it's nothing but great reviews. And it's very, it's very, I don't know, it's worked out. You know, it's, we, we, you know what to expect. They can, they can, they can do this in their sleep. You know, they, they, they're on it. And also the people, the Montessori, like it takes more apparently, um, to be a Montessori trained teacher than it does just to be a regular ECE, which is early childhood educator. So they have early childhood educators in the Montessori place we went to, but they were the assistants to the Montessori teacher. So there's a Montessori teacher in the class, and then she has two ECEs, whereas all the other places we went to, the highest ranking person is an ECE. And um, ECEs, there's a lot of turnover because, you know, they're usually younger people because it's, I don't know, it's like a, it's like a year-long college course or something to do. And the people at the Montessori place have been there a very long time. The place itself has been there 20 or 25 years in the same location. I, I mean, That instills confidence in me. Here's the thing is I think that even if it was, even if they did the Reggio Emilia shit, I would still be like, you know what, British nanny? Me and you. We're in this together. And, uh, I, and the other place, if the other place did Montessori, and it was 2016... And all Thin Lips was making stuff up like, oh, you know, we just like, we like having sand and noodles. We like, um, they squeeze the sponge and the water comes out of it. I'd still be like, eh, I'm going to go with the experience over here. It's my boy. I just, want him to, I just want him to be okay. And maybe I'm thinking way too, you know what, I am. I'm thinking too much about it. It's a bit of an embarrassment of riches in a sense. Now, I, I won't say an embarrassment of riches because all... An embarrassment of options because I live in a populated area of Toronto. So, of course, within walking distance, there are several well-respected, well-run organizations that I can send the boy to. And um, the Montessori one seems to be the best. It's also the most expensive, but not by that much. Apparently, one of the reasons it's so expensive is that like they they... They nickel and dime you, as some people would say, on some of the fine print. So it costs like, I don't know, something like uh, almost $1,900 a month. I know. I know. It's a lot. $1,900 a month to send them full time to the Montessori. But it costs like $1,800 to send them to the other one. So there's not that much of a difference. You'd be like, oh, wait, so this Montessori, which is supposed to be the highfalutin celebrity send their kids to Montessori, only $100 more a month than the regular daycare, which seems to be a glorified, 
babysitting service and one of the places actually smells like human shit. So you're like, well, what's the big deal? It's just that the other places, the human shit places and the thin lip places, what they do is you can drop your kid off anytime at, after 7.30 in the morning and you can pick them up anytime right up until 6 p.m. And it's the same price. Montessori, you better drop them off 8.45 to 9, pick them up at 4, because if you try to do that 7.30 to 6 shit, we're going to charge you an extra $600 a month. You see? And so that's where a lot of people are like, oh, fuck, it's not 1900 it's 2500 And then you have to pay for food, whereas you don't pay for food with the other organizations. So that's another like 200 bucks a month. So now you're like, wow, now we're $2,700 a month compared to the seventeen or $1,800 a month at the shit show, at the old shit factory. And uh, I get that, but here's the thing. At first you might be looking at it going, I don't like those Montessori guys nickel and diming me, but... Here is what I have to say. Me and Sarah, we are in the position where we can drop the kid off at 8.45 to 9. And I can go pick up that little ball of crazy bastard. I can go pick him up at 4 p.m. That is not an issue for us. So for us, it won't be the $2,700 a month. It would be, you know, the 1800 plus the food. And, uh... Or the 1900 or whatever it is, plus the food. So that's much closer to the other one. And in fact, as I said to my wife, if we were to choose one of the other places, like the shit factory, if we go there and I and we drop the kid off at, at around 9 and we pick him up around 4, where's the kickback for us? Why are we subsidizing the other kids? You know, like if if a parent gets to drop their kid off, at 7.30 and pick them up at 6. Then, like, the staff, they have to pay their staff to take care of these kids. And I'm picking them up at 9. And we're dropping them off at 9, picking them up at 4. And we're paying the same price? That ain't right. We should get a discount. So Montessori is like, hey, you want to get those extra hours? You better pay for them. And I'm like, I'm fine with that. In fact, that makes more sense to me. Pay for what you use. So we're being, we're being scammed if we go to the shit factory or the thin lip factory. Anyway, I think I'm starting to get partial to the Montessori. I just, everything about it makes sense. Even the price makes sense, even though it's more expensive. It's like, you know what? Hey, you you wanted to drop your kid off at 7.30. This, this Montessori facility takes kids at 9 a.m. Now, if you want to drop them off early, you can do that, but that's going to cost you because we got to send our staff in earlier. And they've got to, they've got to take care of your little, your little shit stain now. Okay? Makes more sense to me. You know, one of my one of my buddies at uh in comedy was saying that he didn't want I was mentioning this last podcast, he didn't want to uh, send his kid to Montessori cuz it's like four times the price, but for us it's really very close. I don't know. Yeah, I just perhaps my you know what my only my only thought is what if it's too good? And I know that sounds weird to say, but what if it is? Like, what if he has this great fucking time and he thinks learning's wonderful? And he's like, oh, my God, I love going to, going to the Montessori place and I love 
talking to my friends and I get to choose my own activities. And today I built a tower of macaroni or whatever they fucking do. Or, and I, I got a wooden train track and I put it together and, uh, you know, I can name all the countries in the world. And apparently they do that. They can name all the countries on a map. I can't fucking do that. So my kid, by the time he's two, will already be smarter than me, which probably was going to happen anyway. But, um, and then he's got this great experience and he thinks that that's what learning is. And then he hits regular school and that'll be a fucking shock to the system. Like kindergarten. You, hey, you, Sam, you shut up and you sit down and you pay attention. You know, and probably if he went to Montessori, he probably already knows all the stuff that they're going to try to teach him in kindergarten. And, uh, but instead, in an environment that blows, blows chunks. I know, I went to school and I hated it. I actually hate the idea of sending him to school. I feel bad about it. Like, I have to subject him to this. And I'm, a, I'm his dad. I feel like I could do something about it. You know, like, there's schools over in, in I think it's Finland? I think it's Finland. Maybe it's Norway, but I believe it's Finland. Um, where they, it's all play-based learning. And there's... And there's no, uh, even as they get older, there's no homework. And the kids, they go to school and they do their work in school and the teachers are facilitators. And they they help them with their project. Hands-on shit. That's the way the whole world has got to go. I'm even tempted to fucking move to Finland. Who knows? If this podcast takes off and I'm, I'm making enough money to sustain us all, maybe we will go to Finland. I can do this fucking podcast from Finland. It goes out on the internet. For all, for all you know, I am in Finland and not sitting in the garage in my Toyota Prius. Could be in Finland helping my kid get a great education. Because school, I, don't, I, didn't re- I did well in school, obviously, guys. I'm super, super smart. And I, I did do well in school. Uh, my, my brother did well. My sister did well. Um, we're super smart family, guys. No, but we did. We tried hard, and we, and we did well. We tried hard because my mom made us try hard, and um, and I needed that. I'll tell you what, I needed that fucking structure. I uh, call it ADD, even though that's not a real thing. I promise you that. But um, my my mother was a taskmaster. Taskmaster, masker. As I find that hard to say, a taskmaster. She um. She made sure, like a drill sergeant, I got shit done. And I kind of resented that when I was young, but I got to say it needed to be done because I wouldn't have done it otherwise. But if school had been different, if I like learning shit. Like I, one of the things I like about doing this fucking podcast and the stupid videos and I love cameras and the gear and I like learning that shit and I like knowing how I can get my stupid, annoying voice out there to the world for the world to celebrate listening to my nasally ramblings. My crooked-nosed nasally ramblings. That's what shit needs to be. But I don't think the world is going to catch up to Finland in the next five years when I need it to. So if Sam goes to Montessori and he's like, I love going out in the classroom environment and it's so fulfilling he's just it's gonna be such a fucking letdown when he goes to school god i gotta save my boy i'm gonna homeschool him 
That's it. I've decided I'm going to fucking homeschool them. I'm going to I'm going to become a certified Montessori. Uh, I'm going to turn him into the weirdest fucking kid on the block. People will be looking at him. He'll just he'll just be peering out the drapes out onto the street seeing the kids playing in the play yard with all their classmates going, "Dad, can I go out?" No. No, Sam. You stay here with your father. And you love learning. Don't you go out and fraternize with these kids and get crushes on girls? No, me, you, and the cat. This is your whole world is this apartment and that cat, okay? Now, obviously, that's one of the reasons. Like, I mean, I'm probably going to be home most days. So what we're actually going to try to do is maybe a part-time shit, you know, with the Montessori. A part-time, so it costs us even less. But I want him to, A, maybe learn stuff, because I'm stupid, so I can't teach him. I want him to learn some things, but I also want him to socialize. More more than anything, I want him to socialize with the kids. Because right now he's an only child, and he may stay that way. And um, he needs to see kids his own age, you know? Otherwise, who knows how he'll grow up. He'll grow up antisocial, be a weirdo, you know? He'll get a bidet installed. (laughs) He'll try to lure women over with promises of a watery asshole. Who's going to want to go over then? All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. I'll check in with you uh, on on the Around a Monday podcast coming up. Zai said shut up. Good night.